Shabbat Shalom. It is Friday, May the 1st. We have turned the corner with COVID-19. We're going to begin to see things shift in a drastic way in the coming days. Thank you, Lord. This week is week four. All week long, we are looking at the kingship of our God. We've entitled this week, King of the Universe. Today, we're going to be looking at the great king, as well as the tribe of Reuben. The names of God are more than a distinguishing title. They represent the divine nature of God and his relationship with his people. God deserves reverence, awe, and respect. Psalms 111.19 says, he has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant to be forever. Holy is his name, inspiring all reverence and godly fear. God has chosen to make himself known to us through the use of his names. All that God is and all that Elohim does can be understood through his many names. We have looked at the names of Elohim, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Yahweh, His many facets, and El. This week, as I said, we're looking at the kingship of our God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Kingship is the state or condition of being a king. It's a person or thing regarded as the finest or most important in a sphere or group, where we can say without a doubt that our God is the finest and most important thing in all the universe. Father, thank you that you are Elohim. You are Yahweh, the personal God, our healer, our deliverer, our, the banner over us, you are our victor. You are El. You are El Rohi. You're the God that sees us. You're Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees ahead and makes provision for us. You're the God who meets us face to face. And we thank you, Lord God Almighty, for being with us in these days. Those that call you Abba, you protect and keep us, and we give you honor and praise today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our key passage of scripture for this 50-day devotional is number 6, 22 through 27. And this week, we're looking at it in the Common English Bible, which reads, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, you will bless the Israelites as follows. Say to them, The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you peace. They will place my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. We have seen in the last three weeks what it means to put the names of God upon, to pronounce 
to invoke. And this week, we're looking at what it means to place God's names upon us, which literally means to deposit, to invest, to bring into a state of mind or a certain particular condition or position. So when we look at the names of God and begin to understand that he is a king, an everlasting king, and his rule and reign is everlasting, we begin to understand that our God, the great king, is mighty to save and deliver. In this passage of scripture, Yahweh said, I will bless you. I will keep you. I will make my face shine upon you and I will be gracious to you. The word gracious in the ancient Hebrew means to properly to bend or stoop in kindness to an inferior, to favor, to employ, to be merciful. I love that God's the almighty God, the great King, says, I'm going to bend or stoop down in kindness to my people and show them my favor, my kindness, my mercy. Thank you. Thank you, Yahweh, for doing that towards us and to those that we love. Psalms 8.4, excuse me, Psalms 4.1 says, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Lord, we say, be gracious to us today and hear our prayer. As we look at the tribe of Reuben, Lord, give us insight and understanding so that if we are those that have a tendency to boil over and let our emotions get the better of us, that we would be able to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, get ourselves in check so that we would not forfeit our inheritance. The tribe of Reuben moved with Simeon and Gad. These three tribes moved together. They camped together. They moved out together. They fought together. Reuben was the fourth tribe Simeon the fifth, Gad the sixth. They moved out right after Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. They were called the Lord's Battle Axe Brigade. They were mighty warriors. We see of Reuben in Genesis 29, 31 and 32. It says, Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. Verse 32, Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Reuben was the first or the eldest son of Jacob by Leah. Reuben means behold a son. The tribe of Reuben, of course, was descended from him. Reuben was the tribal leader. His name came from meaning to see, to look at, to inspect, to perceive, to consider. Leah said, 
I have given you a son. Now my husband will love me. GotQuestions.com has some really interesting information about Reuben. And they say, and I quote, What can we learn from the tribe of Reuben? Answer, each of the twelve sons of Israel received a blessing from their father Jacob. Just before Jacob's death, the twelve sons were the ancestors of the twelve tribes of Israel, and the blessing contained prophetic information about the future of each tribe. In the case of the tribe of Reuben, Jacob prophesied, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel, for you went up into your father's bed onto my couch and defiled it. We see that in Genesis 49, verses 3 and 4. In addition to referring to the future of the tribe of Reuben, the prophecy contains within it several lessons for us all. Reuben, the firstborn of the twelve sons, was Jacob's might, the first sign of his strength, indicated that to him were all the rights and privileges of a firstborn son. At first, he excelled in honor and power, as is fitting the firstborn son. But Jacob declares that Reuben will no longer excel in verse 4 of Genesis 49. Why? Due to the sin of incest with his uh, father's concubine in Genesis thirty-five twenty-two, Although that sin was committed 40 years prior, there was left an indelible spot on Reuben's character and that of his posterity. By committing this uncleanness with his father's wife, there would be a reproach upon the tribe and the family to whom he ought to have been an example and a blessing. He forfeited the privilege of the birthright, and his dying father demoted him, although he did not disown or disherit him. He would still have all the privileges of a son, but not of the firstborn. They go on to say, Jacob's sad prophecy for Reuben certainly came true. No judge, prophet, ruler, or prince came from that tribe of Reuben, nor any person of renown except Nathan and Abram, who were noted for their rebellion against Moses, not for something good, but for something evil. Reuben's tribe chose a settlement on the other side of the Jordan, a further indication of the loss of godly influence on his brothers to which his birthright entitled him. Although Reuben was the firstborn, the kingdom was given to Judah and the priesthood to Levi, leaving Reuben's tribe to be small and non-influential. They go on to say, Further, Reuben was unstable as water. Some verses translated turbulent as water. And in this phrase, we find several issues for all Christians. For one thing, Reuben's virtue was unstable. He did not have control of himself and his appetites. The charge of instability could refer to his being sometimes very regular and orderly, while at other times wild and undisciplined. As Christians, we are to be in control of our flesh and its appetites and desires at all times. 
and I add, by and through the Holy Spirit, not our own might. They go on to say, most importantly, we are to be steadfast in our faith and not tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Last paragraph. We also learned that Reuben, from Reuben, that those who dabble in sin must not expect to save their reputation or maintain a positive influence upon others. Although we know our sins were nailed to the cross and we are forever forgiven for past sins, we still have to suffer the consequences of those sins, which include remorse and a loss of reputation and influence. And I added, for a season, because God is a redemptive God and he can bring all that back. Reuben's sin left an indelible mark upon him and his family. As Christians, we must understand that dishonor is a wound that will not be healed without a scar. End quote. Moses' blessing over Reuben can be found in Deuteronomy 33.5. Moses says to Reuben, First of all, I want you to see that Romans' blessing over Reuben did not include a reference to the sins of his past. Moses released a redemptive word over Reuben and his tribe. May Reuben live and not die, nor his men be few. It wasn't a long prophecy, but what God was saying through Moses, Reuben, I've got a plan for you still. Reuben had a tendency to boil over, and that was Jacob's prophetic word to him. If he was not kept in check, he got into trouble. He would often lose his temper and do things that he should not do. Thankfully, God is in the redemptive business. He always seeks to restore his people and bring them back into favor. His promises over us are yes and amen. For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Jeremiah 29, 11. God's thoughts and plans for us are good. And he's going to, he wants us to prosper and fulfill our destiny. So if you are like Reuben, one who boils over and are unable to keep your emotions and desires in check, repent. Ask Holy Spirit to empower you to live not after the flesh, but after the spirit so that you can fully fulfill God's inheritance and destiny for you. So in Numbers 6, it says, if we'll put the name of God upon the people, God says, Yahweh, the Lord, I will bless them. So children of God, I put the name of great king upon you. We see this title for God in several different passages of scripture in the Bible. The first one is Psalms 47, 2 and 3, which reads, For the Lord Most High, Yahweh Sabaoth, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. Psalms 95.3 says, For the Lord Yahweh is a great God, El, and a great king above all gods. 
Malachi 1.14 says, But cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord, Adonai. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, Yahweh, Sabaoth, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Great means magnificent, something with increased size, power, or authority, in magnitude and extent. King is the word Malik, and in ancient Hebrew, it means walking among the people. It also means to rule over a kingdom, to ascend the throne. The title Great King employs the Hebrew word Gadol, which refers to greatness in size and importance and relates to magnify, which is also used of God. It's a call to increase his status. We see that in Psalms 40, verse 16. The sense of this name is that God is the supreme ruler over men and the universe. Similar names like King of Heaven, King of Kings, King of Jacob, King of Israel, and Eternal King together state the full extent of his rule over the nations of all times. That is taken from the Names of God website. Beloved, I bless you with a great king. I put, I pronounce, I invoke, and I place the name of great king upon you. I will bless you with a powerful visitation of Holy Spirit in these days, says the Lord. I say, the glory of God is rising upon you. I say to you, fire will fall down and fire will spring up from within. You are becoming a firebrand for God's kingdom movement in the earth. I say to you, Yahweh, the great king, is watching over you and yours. He is guarding, preserving, and protecting you. The great king is causing his face to shine upon you. You shall meet face to face with Elohim. His presence will be with you, and he will draw men to Jesus through you. I say, Yahweh, the Lord, is showing you kindness. His mercy and favor are with you. Beloved, I say, you will walk out your destiny. Any tendency to boil over or walk in the desires of the flesh are being curbed, put under control through the power of the Holy Spirit resident within you. I say you will not forfeit your inheritance or walk in less than the Almighty has destined for you. You have been given the might of Holy Spirit and can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus. I say the great King, Yahweh Sabaoth, Lord of angel armies, is walking among you. He is above all gods. Every tactic of the enemy is being subdued by his great power. I say the kingdoms and the nations of the earth are coming under his rule. His kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. His people are learning to rule and reign with him in these days. 
may we magnify and exalt the great King who is worthy to be praised. We praise you, great King, for walking among us. We thank you for walking among us. We glorify you. We honor you. We extol you. We make you big. We say you are bigger than any COVID-19. You're bigger than anything that we're facing in these days. You are the great and awesome King who rules and reigns forever and ever and ever. And we love you and we thank you for being in our midst and walking among us. Thank you for subscribing to Present Truth Presented. I will bless you podcast. Please subscribe, review, and share if it's been a blessing to you. Thank you.